All right. My guest today is Steve Buckalter. Did I say it right? You said it right. I was nervous. I didn't know if I'd make the right sound. All right. Steve Buckalter at Enterprise Cleaning. We're here at Enterprise Cleaning Corporation. And um, a little aside, that I just want to tell you how much of a fool I am. A little aside, I came in to set up. We're here at uh, Enterprise in the in a conference room at big, beautiful, um, like boardroom looking table, almost like where I'm on The Apprentice. And I walked in and the first thought I had as I came through the office and started setting up was, wow, this place is really clean. <laughs> I'm not lying. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, that's good to hear that we're doing our job. <laughs> it was, it, and then I, it dawned on me, I'm like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm in a conference room of a cleaning company. It's certainly not going to be dirty. It just, what a dumb moment to, well, to start my day. A, it was an honest moment. And it's good to hear that we, uh, we, we do a good job, at least with our own office. Yeah, it looks, it looks great. Um, it's a nice place too, right here downtown, up here on the ninth floor, right? Yeah. Over, overlooking Worcester. Over, I, I like to look out the window and see all prospective clients out in the <laughs> central mass area. That's a good way to look at it. So it's a, a great location for us. And plus it's, you know, ironically, there's a, a footprint of our clients that are almost walking distance from our office. No way. We clean the office here. We clean this building, the office next door. We clean the Bowditch and Dewey building. We clean the Dunkin' Donuts building. That's cool. Uh, we clean uh, Hanover Insurance, which is down the street. So um, so it's nice, nice central location for our office. Do you have uh, a couple different locations? I know this is a headquarters. I don't see a bunch of equipment, but there has to be equipment too, right? And like distribution centers, like a different we, version of Amazon. Yeah, you know, it's ironic is for years, five years, we're in Boylston on Route 70. I thought so. That's and, what I thought. And that was, that was probably going back about four years ago. And even still today, they say, geez, I don't see your, your trucks out front. What happened? <laughs> when we moved four years ago, <laughs> uh, our, our headquarters is downtown, as you said, and our, our kind of distribution center is right on West Boylston Street, right at the mountain, uh, the former DeWolf Plumbing Building. And that's okay. where we have uh, our vans. We have um, our equipment gets repaired there. Uh, our managers have meetings there. So that's kind of... Uh, the operations staff headquarters, and that's where they meet and head out from. Um, and it's it too is great because it's right off a of 190, yeah. right off a of 290. So for for that uh, operations center, it's a great central location. How much time do you spend between the two? Are you frequent at both? I'm I'm I am so all over the place. I I literally I'm here at least a couple times a week here at 370 Main. I'm at the operations center a couple times a week, and I'm out in the field quite a bit. Uh, to make matters even more complicated, I have a home office, and that has become one of my favorites. Um, and a lot of people don't like the idea of working out of home. I have a separate door that I enter, and I close that door. And when I'm in there, I'm at the office. And when I leave to go to my home, I'm in my home. So yeah. I, I mentally have found a way to separate the two. <laughs> it's important to do that too. But if you can find the trigger, you know, to close that mental door, if you will, that I'm at work now and I'm working, then I like to work from home too. I don't really have a problem with it. I don't, I don't watch TV or play video games, but I hear a lot of people talking about that. Like, oh, I could never do it. I'd be on the TV all day. Well, I, I think the key is setting up a separate office where literally there's, I have computers in front of me and I look out a window and uh, it just, it makes it convenient to be able to, oh, do CrossFit in the morning when I can and get up, get up early, get a good workout in and start my day before, uh, before uh, this office even opens up. Yeah. And I can, I can see the fear of a home office and, you know, being uh, a little less than disciplined with yourself. I, I think it's, 
it's probably a little bit less risky if you own the business because you've got um, you got skin in the game, and it's yeah. kind of hard to let yourself you know, play Xbox all day. At least I, I, there's no way I could do that. I have to, I have to be paying attention. (laughs) Right. And and nor it's funny. I I'm lucky. I'm not a big video game person. Uh, but when, when I'm in the office, it's usually, uh, to get some good time in, in the morning. And then a lot of times at the end of the day, I'll go through emails. If I've had a day where I'm on the road quite a bit, um, example, uh, last Friday, uh, you think new year's week, nice, easy week. My day started at around eight o'clock was my first appointment. I got back to the home office around five thirty. realized I hadn't even looked at an email all day. So spent five thirty to six thirty returning emails. Um, so it, it really, you know, and, and, uh, to your point, having that door, it's literally a door, physically a door, but it's emotionally a door. Yeah, that's really its job. Yes. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Cause, the, um, about the busy week, usually this time of year is really, really slow for us. And I always take the two weeks off to play with the kids and just enjoy because I take their school vacation off too. My wife uh, does. And we all just hang out. We don't do anything fancy. We play with the new toys. You know, we just do that. Go skiing, go snowboarding, do our stuff at the mountain. Um, this year, we, I still did, but it was busier. And like this year, I had a client that specifically had a special need. We had a website that we had built and developed and they were releasing a press release of the merger and acquisition of this public company that they had bought. And and there was a new organization birthed out of it. And that's where the website was for. And that was going, that deal was going, being announced January 1st. Uh. So we were at a friend's house. We slept over for a new year's Eve party with the friends. So like our kids, mutual friends, and we're friends with the adults. So we're over there and we have our New Year's Eve party, but I had to get up at seven and oh. make sure that the launch went okay because everything had to be live and tested for eight o'clock when the, new, when the announcement was coming out over the wire and this was all happening. So that's the kind of stuff that will take you out of, well, I could just play video games or watch YouTube all day. Yeah. You, that, th- <laughs> those sort of responsibilities you can't, you can't let go of. And, and as you know, being a business owner, there is no such thing as a two-week vacation from... <laughs> You know, Christmas through New Year's, it's, no. it's basically you work when you work. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I'm fortunate. Uh, my kids grew up with me owning this business, fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it. I started Enterprise uh, roughly 19 years. Has it been 19 years ago? Holy mackerel. Mine, mine too. Yeah, ni- 19 years for you yeah. too. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and I think my kids just got used to going to Disney World. And while I was in line for a ride, I'll never forget probably the biggest disappointment to the kids. We, we spaceship earth had opened up at Epcot. So this tells you how long ago it was. And it was the popular ride because it was a new highlight of Epcot. Yeah. And Epcot's pretty awesome. One of my favorite parks. (laughs) Um, And so finally we get to the front of this long line and I, I got a phone call from work and it was a work call and I had to take it. And so we had to step aside and let people pass us as I'm on this, 25 minute work call and the kids were patient, but yet they're like, dad, they're kids. come on, right. <laughs> we've been waiting and now here we are. So after a while, they've, uh, they kind of learned that that goes with, you know, owning a business here. You're, you're glued. You're always, the more you can make yourself available. I think the more successful you become. It and keeps ru- you tethered to the business too. And I think it's important to not forget why you're there. Absolutely. And, and I do a fair amount of traveling, but I'm, I'm on my phone, email, uh, phone calls. I've never disconnect. 
Um, and that was one thing that I, um, I thought, you know, one of these days I got to take a vacation where I, I don't leave my phone at home, but at least I leave it at home during the day. Yeah. And I have yet to see that. Me day. too. But it's been a goal of mine to, I don't have to leave the phone, but what would be nice is take a vacation and give myself like a one hour window yeah. where I can look at it, respond to things. Otherwise I'd go insane. Like I, I, there's no, I'd have to, I have to make sure that, you know, Rome isn't burning. Well, <laughs> well it's, it's ironic you say that. I, I recently took a vacation and we're running late to the airport and we, on the way to the airport, I just got married seven weeks ago, so I'm a... Uh, Congratulations. That's Thank exciting you. times. Thank you very much. You can very see it exciting. with a smile on your face. You still look so happy. Yeah, very exciting times. So we're on our way to the airport, and all of a sudden, I realized I left my phone at home, and we were running late, and I said, what are we going to do on vacation without my phone? And Have I, a vacation? Have a vacation, <laughs> which I just couldn't wrap my hands around. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I immediately, from my wife's phone, I called my daughter. I said, please, is there any chance you could drop whatever you're doing, run to the house, grab the phone, put it in an overnight box? And we had like literally an hour window between when the post office closed. And the next day was Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So we knew that wasn't a mail day. So I had a, I knew I had to be at least 24 hours. And truthfully, the first 12, 12 to 18 hours was rough for me. Yeah. I mean, it was, oh my gosh, I don't have Keep my phone. Touching oh, your pocket. Touching and my where'd it go? Twitching and, and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm probably have all these emails, all these phone calls. People think I'm not getting back to them. I slept through the night. The next day, I just got into this pace where all of a sudden I felt relaxed and disconnected. The world changed, yeah. And, and my wife noticed a big change in me. She said, this is the first time you seem totally at ease. And I said, you know, I think I like the idea of being without my phone. I, I kind of hope it doesn't arrive tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Can we cancel that shipment? Yeah. And then I felt foolish for telling my daughter to run the, run the house and send it overnight. Ironically. Right, like it, you, you start to think, is, it, is that little screen that important yeah that I, and, and it can be yeah right but in the scope of things it, it 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 was a good exercise for me because i said wow there's more to the life than being glued to that phone there and there is and that's but it, it takes kind of stepping away from it to even feel that there's another side you know mm. that's that's one thing i think i do well is i i balance time so I, I never, like you said, I'll never go on a vacation where I'm not available. In fact, you'll never even see an autoresponder from me. Mm -hmm. it, no one knows I'm on vacation. I take vacations. I take a few every year, but nobody knows except my family. Because mm -hmm. if there's a problem, I'm available. That's, that's I'm, I'm going to see the emails. I'm going to hear the phone calls or at least the voicemails because I usually won't pick up until a certain time when I'll check messages and check emails and stuff like I was saying. I'm not as good as I mentioned of like a one-hour window, but it'll be like every two or three hours. I'll check, you know, well, and go ahead. Oh no, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say, I, I literally, after having this exercise that was, that was in, you know, inadvertently put on me, I actually, I have to say, I did like the experience of being without the phone and I'm looking forward to maybe trying to do this again for maybe 48 hours just to have that total, you know, that clarity that, that just, being able to focus on the present and who's around you. And, you know, I, I 
saw the ocean and I said, oh my goodness, I'm looking at the waves and not checking myself. Not taking a picture of the waves yes. for Instagram. <laughs> Although I have to say, I did borrow my wife's phone to take the picture. <laughs> so we got to get a picture of this. Let's get some video. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it's, it's uh, I think it goes hand in hand when, especially when you own a business, it, it's the responsible thing to do is to make yourself available. And, you know, we've been fortunate. We've, we've been growing and growing and, and have some great help now I have a great director of operations at enterprise and he has taken a big burden off of me. That's and, great. And uh, has brought in some good supervisors that we're grooming to take some of the burden off of him. So we're, uh, we're in the process of grooming people who groom people. Um, and, and the idea is to make all of us readily available a little bit at a time, but to also give breaks to the people that work so hard. So instead of being the person that, has to answer that phone the second it rings. Now it's shared between a group of people. So, um, you know, they, we we went through, um, started the company 19 years ago, and we were very fortunate. We were the fastest growing privately held company in Central Mass, um, and we grew to 3.2 million within a short period of time. And a lot of learning along the way, I bet. A lot of learning. And, and the biggest lesson probably was that, wow, Every year we're just going to get bigger and bigger, you know, and, and uh, didn't really predict for any type of correction. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, why would you? you it hadn't happened. Yet. It hadn't happened. It was just year after year. And I said, this is just the way it goes. Right. You start a business, it goes, <laughs> and, off we go. And off we go. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I had a, an employee who started his own business and uh, and was successful at, uh, at, at taking business away from me a significant amount. So it taught me a lot of lessons and, and I was able to, to sort of refocus, regroup. Um, and, and it took a while to find the right people uh, to put in place. And as luck would have it, the right person knocked on my door, actually sitting right here in this conference room, meeting with my then operations manager uh, when somebody out of the blue came and said, hey, Steve, you know, if you have a minute. And I said, well, I'm in a meeting, but after I'm done, I'd be happy to sit with you. And, and it was a, an old employee of mine who had worked on our van crew and he had a great experience at Enterprise. He worked for me about 14 years ago. He was just a kid. And he said, you know, I've heard about your company. And, mm -hmm. and he said, I used to work for you and I'm coming back to see if there are any opportunities. And I said, well, you know, Right now, we're, we're all set. You know, tell me what you had in mind. Yeah. And as we started talking, I said, wow, boy, you've learned so much from being, you know, basically a, a van crew person that uh, played a good role in stripping floors, shampooing carpets. And he gained knowledge of how to manage a business. He went to work in the healthcare industry and gained this knowledge that um, of organizational skills and and inventory control skills. And so we, we sat and what was going to be a five minute conversation turned out to be a two hour conversation. That's when you know you're onto something. Oh, I just, I felt like I hit the lottery. That's and, awesome. And uh, so I said, you know what, we're going to find a way to ha have a place for you. And, and so that was about two years ago. Um, in that two year period, we've, we've really done a lot with the company. Um, and I attribute a lot of it to his, his skill. Um, I'd have a vision of something and he'd be able to make it happen. Um, one thing that 
That's nice to have, huh? Oh, somebody to help execute on the ideas. It's 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 such a relief because uh, you know for years I felt like I was talking to a wall where I'd, I'd sit down, I'd explain my vision, and the person would say, "Yeah, that sounds great," and then they go do whatever they wanted to do, and um, and the the director of operations that I have and I work as a team where mm-hmm. we're not you know it's. Um, yes, I own the company, but we work together and we handle things together. And he's taken a big load off of my operational mind. Um, but we've also put in some great tools that um, I always thought, boy, there's got to be an app or a tool that can track employees. So when an employee goes into a clean an account, um, we can know that they're in that account and we can send them a message and we can have them take a look at things that we saw, take a picture, send it back to us so that we can see, yeah, in fact, they did clean that sink that was dirtier. Yes, they cleaned the outside of that barrel. And so we didn't find an app. We looked and looked, and we didn't find one exactly to do the things that we wanted it to do. Yeah. So we customized it ourselves. Nice. And we worked with a developer in Brazil. And so we'd sit down, we'd brainstorm and write out an outline. Let's have the app do this, this, and this. And we, we started off with a real rough app. And we've we're still not finished. We've been adding to it and adding to it. And it's been a, an amazing tool for uh, companies like Hanover Insurance. It's just about a million square feet. Uh, they have 74 restrooms in different areas. Uh-huh. On this app, it allows the supervisor checking to literally look on and say, okay, this restroom over here has two urinals, three toilets, two dispensers, and check to make sure it kind of guides them through a checklist. That's amazing because and it's the details that matter, right? It's the devil is in the details. Yeah, I hate I, that expression, but it's so true. Especially for what you do. It really, I think that's where I, I don't know much about it. Um, you know, the, this admittedly and from the outside in, it's like cleaning, all right, clean things. But then if you're doing big, well, not just the big companies, even if you're doing a small family owned business, it's the little things they're going to notice you don't do, right? It's not the it's not the vacuuming of the carpets and the cleaning of the bathroom. It's the like you said, some dirt on the outside of a trash can or something. They're going to think, oh, they're not even paying attention. Well, even even the vacuuming of the carpet, you'd be amazed. Um, as we would grow, we'd hire a person. We'd hire Jack, and Jack, your job, um, you know, there's there's a bank. Uh, it's going to take about an hour. This is what you need to do in the bank. We have a checklist for you. It's it's carpet vacuuming, it's dusting the desks, it's emptying the trash, cleaning the bathrooms, the kitchen. Well, all of a sudden, week one, we have a supervisor working with Jack. We think Jack is well-trained. He he understands the job. Week two, he's doing a decent job. We follow mm-hmm. up with the client. A month goes by, Jack is going in, emptying trash, and in and out of the bank in five minutes. How do we find out? We get a phone call from the bank saying, I pulled the alarm notes your cleaner's been cleaning here for five minutes a day for the last week. We said, geez, we got to figure out a way for the bank not to tell us that, but for us to yeah. do that prematurely. And so that's really good, like forward thinking. That's, that's a great way to try to just solve the problem yourself rather than trying to like work with the client to manage it. Cause it's not the client's problem, right? That's exactly right. And the that's client, a cool way to look at it. The client hires us to take that problem off of them and for years, we couldn't figure out a way to do it. We, um, we, we had roving supervisors that would pop into accounts, but they couldn't be at every account every night. So what would happen is they'd pop into an account and really uh, spot check. And if they noticed that things weren't clean, they'd meet the cleaner the next night. 
this app allows us to kind of catch some of the loose ends prior to it getting to that point. And rather than have the client, and I'm not going to say we're perfect. We, people always find ways to beat systems. Um, so we've, we've tried to, um, as, as we find somebody's trying to beat the system, we try to think, okay, if they're going to beat it this way, what can we put in place? I'll give you an example of this. And, and one thing about me, I'm an open book. I, I don't sugarcoat things. I, I tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't want to pretend that enterprise cleaning, we're enterprise cleaning and restoration now. So we were enterprise cleaning corporation. Uh, we, about a year ago, started doing restoration work. Floods, I saw that. Mold. I want to talk about that. That's interesting. Um, so uh, we, we... But still a focus on the cleaning aspect of things. It's not like you're getting into helicopter repair. Like, no. like some people do, you know, they have idea, 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 not a good or bad thing, but you seem from the outside, you seem to have had a focus on what you do for 19 years now and kind of haven't taken your eyes off the prize, which I envy because I, I admittedly do have other interests. So I've had my business 19 years, but I've had other small businesses off on the side and things I wanted to pursue. It seems pretty awesome that you've been able to keep that focus. Well, thank you for saying that. It, it, you know, I tried to look at the restoration part as we, we'd have clients, uh, this building, take for instance, 370 Main Street, uh, where all of a sudden accidents happen, a pipe burst, and the pipe burst and it starts flooding. Well, we're the cleaning company, but we can't clean um, black water because we're not certified to do that. And we, we don't have the equipment. We don't have uh, the wherewithal, the knowledge. So we would have to rely on calling in another company and it almost hurt our ability to respond to different jobs. So I said, wait, yeah, cause you're at the whim of someone else. We're at the whim of someone else. And, and we would try to take that lead by saying, Oh, we got to call X company. And, and instead we said, wait a minute, this is a whole, not only a, an opportunity that we're missing out a market that we're missing out on, but it's almost a disservice to our clients. So let's figure out a way to incorporate uh, mold removal, flood removal, um, fire restoration into what we do. Uh, and so we started the restoration piece about a year ago. Um, but um, back to the, the app for a second with, with yeah, cause you were going to give me some juicy details on how you, yeah, they, I've dealt with a system breaker. Well, so we, we, we had this set up so the employee would punch in and they'd punch in and punch out at the end of the night. And we said, geez, this employee's there for this proper amount of hours. But yet there were some things missing in the account that should have been clean mm. when somebody's there. So we sent a supervisor to see what they were struggling on. And the supervisor showed up you know, 20 minutes after the employee punched in. Lo and behold, the employee was nowhere to be seen. Uh, they had figured out a system to punch in, go grab themselves some dinner, come back after dinner and finish their cleaning. But at that time they, they had, you know, two hours to clean a building that should take four, you know, two and a half hours. So, yeah. um, so we said, okay, um, what, what we do now is all the supervisors, when they visit accounts, they send reports on the app. So we're able to measure month to month, just from that app of what the building looked like the month before, what it looks like the next month. And we see, okay, the dusting has been done well, this has been done well. And if we see a trigger that the same uh, problem has happened month to month, then we go in and we, we try to train the, the cleaner, retrain them on, on the area that they need. So you're monitoring trends within each account 
to watch for things that might be changing for the good or the bad, I assume. You can find out if that employee deserves more responsibility too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and one thing simultaneously that we started is an employee of the month program. And we use some of this feedback that we're getting from the app to determine who would be an employee of the month. And that employee of the month gets a $50 gift card um, and they're recognized in our newsletter. And then we, we just recently launched an employee newsletter so that it goes out to all the employees so they could say, hey, you know, Joelma just got $50 as employee of the month. Maybe I could be employee of the month too. Um, cleaning can be a very lonely world. Um, when you're out cleaning, especially if you're uh, by yourself, you're out in a building, it's late at night, mm-hmm. the, it's dark outside, you're the only one inside the building. Um, we're trying to find ways to make it fun and make people feel like part of a team. Um, so recently we did a, a get together with two of our buildings around Thanksgiving time, uh, two of our big downtown buildings where we got, you know, 40 people together. We brought in Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, we gave away some prizes, That's fun. uh, gave away some enterprise coats and, uh, we made it, we made swag. A, yeah. Some swag for the employees. And, uh, so and uh, we, we partnered up again with Wachusett Mountain, uh, as I mentioned, uh, and we, we now have uh, ski passes that are good seven days a week, uh, no blackout dates. So we offer that to our employees, especially if someone's doing well, we'll turn and say, hey, look, you know, why don't you take your family up skiing? Unfortunately, a lot of them are working <laughs> in all the time, so they don't have the time to do it. Right. Uh, but we, we, we're trying to find ways to recognize our employees and, and make them feel appreciated. That's really cool. Um, and, and in an industry where it probably doesn't happen very often. It, and I think, to be truthful, that was probably something we weren't doing well when we struggled getting good help. We weren't taking the time to recognize good people. We're, we're probably, ironically, even tougher on the employees now than we were before because there's not as much wiggle room as there was. And they know that they can try to break the system, but they'll be caught and terminated mm-hmm. if, if they do. Um, and at and, that point, serves you right. I mean, you know, the, you understood what you were doing. And if you try to game the system and you lose, there's consequences. Shame on you. Right, shame on you. <laughs> um, we, we, we also have um, on this app, we've been able to download a training program where there are training videos that each employee must watch. If we're hiring a big group of peoples, uh, peoples, a big, big group of people, uh, like Hanover Insurance, we hired 45 people to start Hanover Insurance, which we started in September. Um, we took 60 people to the office for training, and we went through training videos at the office where we literally um, had video training and had supervisor there to demonstrate certain things, and. Of those 60 people, we ended up with about 45 on start day. Mm-hmm. Of the 45 that were there on start day, we whittle it down to 30 people. And if we have to terminate an employee or an employee leaves for any reason, uh, new hires now, we have them go through a training on their app. So part of their onboarding, they downboard their app. Uh, we can see which videos they've watched, and we say, um, you know, we give them a week's period of time to watch all the videos, but we'll send them a reminder. Don't forget, you still have to watch the bathroom cleaning. That's video. really cool. It's like a system you'd find in a corporation where you do your training. Only your people are all out all over the state. So you can do the training while they're at their work location. That's, that, that, that's smart. It's really smart. 
soon you're going to have like a camera in it so that they can do a selfie of each clean station and you can, you can up for employee of the month, you put that up. Well, it's to your point, we actually have them take pictures of things. So they, their own phone becomes the camera and we'll have them, if they happen to be out in orange, we have an account in orange or bank. And if our supervisor checked the bank and said, you know, you're doing great with the vacuuming, dusting looks okay. Bathroom, I'd like to see you polish the bright work a little better. So the supervisor will take a picture of what they noticed, send that to the employee on the app. The employee then comes in, they punch in, and up, picks the, uh, up comes the picture with the note from the supervisor saying, hey, look, you know, focus in on this. The employee then cleans the bright work, takes a picture, sends it back, so the circle is complete. Yeah. Uh, the prior and there's proof. And there's proof. Uh, the prior way was, yeah, I'll get to that. And and in fairness, um, the supervisor may say, hey, there's some cubes in the front that need dusting. And the employee might go in and see cubes in the front and dust them. And, different cubes. And different cubes. <laughs> right, and yeah. That, that would happen a lot. So um, we've, we've used, for years, there was no improvement on technology and cleaning. You know, mm -hmm. and still to this day, vacuum cleaners are vacuum cleaners, buffers are buffers. Um, but this app has allowed us to really uh, hone in on some things that, that were really troublesome for our company. It sounds like it. Uh, now, is that, is that something that could potentially be a business in and of itself? Like, would you license that out to cleaning companies who are not in Massachusetts? or where You're, you're actually expanding beyond Mass now, too, right, with the, uh, with the restoration services? Yeah, we're, we're, we're eventually going to expand into Florida. We've, I've gone down, we've registered a, a business down there. It's called Enterprise Floods Mold and More. Um, the certifications in Florida are quite a bit different than they are here. So um, we, we talked about launching that app. And as a matter of fact, I ran into a competitor. I'm a friendly competitor. So I I'm f talk with everybody. We're, I, I'd like to believe we all get along. We can learn from each other. And um, I was telling him about some of the systems. He said, well, where did you get something like that? I, we've been looking for something. I said, well, we actually designed it ourselves how did you do that? And I said, well, we work with a developer and would you ever be willing to share that with us? And I thought to myself, wait a minute, this is the one thing that gives us an edge. I don't want to give away all the secrets. Right, know? right. Um, I can see that side of the coin too. But then on the flip, you know, maybe it's something that you could be leasing out to um, anyone in the States that are not Massachusetts or Florida, you yeah. know, the don't, don't come into my territory type of agreement. But it's, I mean, if it's, that useful, which it sounds like it is that useful. Maybe there's something there too, I, I, which know, I'm sure you've thought of. We, we have. We've talked about launching a separate business. And I think what we're going to do is continue to develop this app over the next year or so. Because every time we think, oh, this is going to be perfect. This will solve this. We'll test it for a little while. And we realize, oh, well, wait a minute. We didn't think of that. So I think once we make it It'll never be foolproof, but yeah. once we make it that it solves all the answers to the problems, what, one other well, thing. then there'll be new problems. Then be, but <laughs> exactly. Well, one other one other thing that we um, we we corrected that was really really um, a big issue is uh, our our closet was a free for all. So if a cleaner came in and said, "Oh, I need to go pick up chemicals," you know, they could pick up whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. And now on the app, they have to order the chemicals, so it's tracked on the app, um, if they need toilet bowl cleaner and they say, okay, I, I need, you know, X amount of toilet bowl cleaner. And we look down at the app and we say, wait a minute, you just ordered a month's worth last week. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Um, we have a lot more control over everything that 
goes out the door and everything that comes in. If a vacuum breaks, um, the employee puts on the app, the vacuum, you know, is, is broke. Uh, it's not running correctly. There's a loud fan noise. We switch it out. So we put a new vac, vac, put the serial number in the app. So we know exactly what's at each account. We bring the vacuum back. We fix the problem. Well, all of a sudden, if the next month we notice the new vac has the same problem, then we need to train dig the deeper. Yeah. yeah. And dig figure, deeper, out. figure out, are you vacuuming incorrectly? Are you asking too much of the machine? machine? What's going on? Is it the type of material that's there? Um, so um, it, it's, that's incredible. So like with the inventory, have you seen a difference in bottom line because you're tracking what's going in and out? Is there like notice? I imagine that there is a huge, huge difference. I mean, to the point where it's, um, mind boggling to me. Like I didn't realize we had so much attrition. And the other thing that we did is limit the amount of people that go into that inventory closet. There are three people that have keys to go into that closet and gatekeepers. And if those gatekeepers aren't there, that, you know, and we've had people test the system. Oh, uh, can you just leave a key out for me? Because I need to go in and get some chemicals. Nope. You need to, you need to request it. Our deal is you have to request it 24 hours to 48 hours in advance. And for the last minute, people that say, oh, I forgot. Well, then you're going to have to learn for next time. Well, how am I supposed to clean the building? Well, we'll send a supervisor down this time and work with you. But next time, you know, you need to follow the system. Yeah. So it, it's, I don't want to say that we we weren't doing things properly before, but just the, better now. So much Evolving. Better. I mean, that, that makes so much sense because even in, for me in my personal life at work, the more I can apply a system, even if it's a, you know, outlining how I'm going to spend my time or what it has to be. And you stick to that system, you get way more done than saying, all right, I've got eight hours. Let's see what I can do. Yeah. Cause then odds are you're going to, you're going to, your head's going to go different directions. You're going to be thinking about different things. You're going to follow some tangents. If you're anything like me, you know, I'm, I'm basically like a dog, just squirrel. You know, <laughs> you, so if I set a system in place, I'll get a lot done. If I don't, I'll squander the time. Absolutely. That's just the way it is. And it's way, I think it's to different degrees, but it's that way for everybody. So if you just say, go out and clean something, some things will probably get cleaned. Yeah. But if they have a checklist and, a, and something guiding them through everything, I can't imagine the productivity change. And not only that, but we have a supervisor that stays with the cleaner for the first um, three days or so, just until they feel that the cleaner has a good grasp. <clears throat> and I, I, um, I also am quick to point out that we're not foolproof. We have, we have flaws in the system. We have employees that don't do well. Um, we have employee, we had an employee recently that was unhappy that they were, you know, they, they thought work would be a paradise, an easy part-time job. They could just stop by and, and so they bucked the system and they They said, probably came into it expecting to buck the system and just have something easy to do. And, and it's ironic, uh, when they found out that, there were consequences for not doing their job. They went right to social media. This company, they're slave drivers. They do this, this, this. They expect things of me. They, <laughs> how, how dare they expect things of me? Right. Um, but we're, we're trying to breed a culture that um, that we reward. We want people to feel like a family, but we also want them to feel like, hey, this is a serious job. This isn't just a part-time job that you come by for four hours at night. You come here to work. and Not here to play. Not here to play. Yeah. And, and out of that will come employee of the month, <clears throat> a, a winter gathering we're going to do in February where we'll get the whole company together. We'll hand out cash prizes. We'll have dancing. We'll have food. That's cool. Um, so we where wanna, do you do that? Uh, so we've 
done it at different places. Last year, we did it actually in this building. We had a conference room downstairs, and we we had uh, music. We had um, we brought in Brazilian food and Italian food. Um, this year, we're going to do it at a, at a hall. Uh, with, we have a bigger group of people. Um, last year, we had about 75 employees or so. This year, we have about 140 employees. Uh, so they won't be able to fit in the conference. A good good problem to have. Sure is. Won't be able to fit in the conference room. Um, so um, we're, we're, we're constantly trying to think, um, because I tell you, there were probably a period of six years where I felt like I was banging my head against the wall and said, you know, we, we just can't get honest people here. We can't get people that want to work. I would get phone calls from people that hired me and they were friends of mine. And they'd call and they'd say, can you tell me why this hasn't been done in my office? And I said, well, geez, I, this isn't the first I've heard of this. Well, how come you, I hired your company this? And, and that, that's a terrible feeling. Oh, I, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, we, we had situations where we just, we didn't have, we had checks in place where we'd have supervisors that would go out to check, but not the proper ones in place. And I would say that that's a common problem among cleaning companies and that doesn't make it right. And that's why right. we said, we've got to find a way to be different. We've got to find a way we, we know we're not going to be perfect, uh, but we've got to find a way to put in tools to make it so that we can manage people knowing that we can't have a manager assigned to every person that's there. You know, I think that's probably something that sets you apart is there's a lot of people in every industry that say, well, that's the way it is in the industry. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple people who say, but maybe it doesn't have to be. And that's the hard way to go. And it's the hard way to look It's swimming upstream. Mm -hmm. But if you can make that difference and you can say, well, all right, things always go wrong here. So it just is the way it is. Or maybe I'm just going to own that that's a bad thing and see if we can fix it. And that makes a big difference. And that's like creating this system of accountability to, because it's an industry where you're going to have a lot of, typically you're going to have a lot of turnover in the employees. You're going to have a lot of uh, issues where people are gaming the system. It's just, those are statistically, those are things that are going to happen. So you can either say, well, it's the way it is, you know, sorry, buddy, I'll put someone new on the account or you can try to fix the system, which is that's, I mean, that's, what's been so interesting about this conversation is the system in place. You know, to your point, it, it literally, um, I knew there had to be a way to fix it. And it took brainstorming with my operations, now director of operations, Diogo Silva, um, of what can we do? How can we do this? And and we worked together as a team, and it was his lead to find this uh, software developer in Brazil. Um, and it, and it's, it's great because this is evolving constantly. So it's not like we set the system, this is it, and this is the way it's... As new problems develop, we're able to come up with new systems. So every, virtually every week, we say, how is this working? How is this working? Okay, now let's add this feature to this. Now, so for example, this week, uh, one thing that we're adding is an alarm. Um, so if we're going to give a time frame that somebody should be in each account, mm -hmm. right now we, we have reports where I can go on the app and I can look and say, okay, Bill Smith was supposed to be in the bank for an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, wait a minute, he was only in here for 30 minutes. Or he's not there yet. Or he's not even there yet. Um, well, we corrected that he's not there yet with a, an open punch system. So basically every employee that is punched in, uh, we get a list of any employee that is not punched in that's supposed to be punched in, we get a list of as well. But 
Um, we didn't have a way to track whether Bill Smith was there for 45 minutes to an hour other than physically going through and looking at his time punches. Yeah. Um, so now this week, what we're implementing is an alarm system. If this Bill Smith is supposed to be there between 45 minutes and an hour and he leaves in 40, 44 minutes, the alarm's going to go off and say, wait a minute, Bill got off a little early. And what we found just by looking at the punches that the Bill Smiths in the world may work an hour the first week, the second week, they may work 45 minutes. All of a sudden they say, wait a minute, I could do this in 30 minutes. I can do this in 20. Summertime on a nice day, you'd be amazed how many five minute jobs, you know, people did. And we had a, a situation where we had an employee that was cleaning a bank and we noticed right away the employee hadn't punched in. And we said, geez, it's nine o'clock at night. You usually punch in, at, you know, five. And the employee, oh, I forgot my phone at home. Um, you know, sorry, it won't happen again. And so we trusted in the employee until the next day we yeah. get a report from the bank saying the cleaner was in there for five minutes on their cell phone, the, you know, the whole time. So um, it has really taught us that, um, you know, we, we, we used to let people get away with a lot more than we even knew they were getting away sure. with. And we're finally finding ways to hone in. So I think the reputation out there is, you know, we've, the word has gotten out that, Hey, enterprise is a great company to work for. You know, we, we get rewarded for work, but it's not a company you want to go and You're not going to get away with much. Right. You're <laughs> not going there to buck the system. Yeah, I, I like the idea of trusting the employee though, you know, mm -hmm. I, cause I, I always err on that way and, and people's people can look at it as stupid, you know, it rather be cynical towards everybody, but I don't like living that way. I trust anyone until they prove that I can't. Absolutely. I'd much rather go at life that way. You know, it's like you look on Facebook nowadays or Twitter and everyone's arguing. And if you were to look at the news, then everyone is either 100% left wing or 100% right wing. I mean, ravenous, you know, with, with the blood coming out of their teeth on either side. I don't meet those people. I don't right. know about you, but in my daily life, right. I just try to smile at everybody, say hi. Everybody I meet almost entirely are nice people. That's right. That will say hello or, you know, that, and you get out what you put back too. That's, if that. you're walking around scowling all day, yeah, people are going to look at you funny, but it, it, the world isn't full of jerks. That's right. That's right. Unless you make them jerks, you know? At, well, I, it's interesting you say that. I try to teach the employees. I say supervisors, I think one thing that's so important um, some of our cleaners speak absolutely no English. Uh, some of them speak a mix of Portuguese and English, Spanish and English, Spanish and Portuguese. But the universal language is a smile. And if they're cleaning in their uniform and there's somebody working late at night, even though you might not be able to communicate with words, you can communicate with a smile and put on a nice smile. And if you see them working, step out of their office. And if you see them wave you in, have that smile on your face. I teach my kids that. Just be the positive person. Just start from that point. You know, if that person is a jerk or it's going to get ugly, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. But start from the good place. Just I, start from a smile. It, it, it's funny. My my wife reinforces this uh, every day. She wakes up every day and has a smile and says, it's a great day. It's a great morning. And and really has so much positive energy to project. It does. And, and if you start your day off that way and you look at everything half full, uh, you're going to have so much more of a better day. You're going to attract good things to happen. You're going to have good people that surround you uh, versus being negative Nelly. Yeah, get in what you put out. I mean, if you're just the, the, you know, obviously it's again going to the extremes, but if you're, if you are that negative person, always, you know, 
starting at the point of not trust and judging and yeah, who wants to be around you? You're eventually going to be a little island of alone, and then you're going to be more bitter, and it just compounds itself. And it's 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 sad to see. Yeah, and and I hate to to correlate the business with the book, The Secret, or I, and a lot of people have read the book, The Secret, or you know, the Law of Attraction. Where, uh, but I'm a firm believer that if you're positive and you put out positive energy. And um, you go about your day, you know, you're going to have bad days. You're going to be upset about things. We were yeah. talking just before the podcast where I threw out my back. So I've been like for four weeks just battling Sucks so this. bad. <laughs> Sometimes I walk, I walk in the 90 degree angle position. I, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I, you know, I have every reason to be negative and I try to try to approach everything. And sometimes it takes reprogramming on yeah. my part. And sometimes it takes a concerted effort. Yeah. Like, all right, I feel like being a jerk. I'm going to try to, Hey, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it makes such a difference. And, and, um, and not to say everything is always roses, but, We've been we've been very fortunate, and I th and I I swear a lot of this has to do with keeping positive, trying to teach the employees to be positive, uh, bringing in positive people. Um, we had during our time of rockiness, um, we had some supervisors that would point out all the bad. Well, you know, this isn't going to work because of this. Every time we had an idea. Naysayers. Naysayers. They'd find 10 reasons why it wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, well, what about if we do, well, you know, that has a flaw here and here. And finally, it's just the energy level. And so we eliminated those naysayers and we brought in some positive people and positively, positivity breeds positivity. It does. And it not only does it does it make uh, for a better day of work for the managers, but the employees as well? And I think the accounts feel it too. They, you know, an account is constantly evaluating subconsciously. When you come in for a meeting on discussing how the cleaning's been, if you're positive about everything, then that gets reflected. Sure. And, and people, you tend to have a more positive outcome of the conversation. Right. Um, so um, not to, not to say that, that measuring cleaning is all based on positive energy. Obviously there are other things that it go goes beyond there. cleaning too. It's it, just, I mean, the positive thing and the smile and just be good. That that's life. Yeah. That, that goes, that's your friendship. That's your family. That's, that's your relationships in the community. That's that, that's everywhere. You know, there's one of my favorite quotes from, from a show uh, justified was, you know, if you meet an asshole in the morning, you met an asshole. If you meet assholes all day, you're the asshole. Right. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And that That's just so so true. You know, the people that can never just stop talking about how everyone else ruined their day, the victim mentality. It's, it's, it's like a sickness. It's poison. You're not going to get anything from it except misery. And if you surround yourself with people that breed the positivity, like we, you know, one thing that we do at Enterprise that, um, that we had, again, you know, lost track of and we just restarted doing it again is constant reminders of what we're doing right and setting a goal uh, so this year we're going to bring in 1.5 million in new sales uh, while keeping our existing business. So that's that's the goal. And every week we look and we reevaluate where we're standing. We started this in December for this year planning, and and um, and so instead of saying having the mentality of well, you know, geez, I don't know if we can do that. 
we all know we're going to do it. Right, because you're not saying it and then say, in 12 months, we'll ask how it's going. That's you're right. going to have weekly or monthly checkpoints, and you know if you're on or off course, and you can course correct, but that takes work. Yeah. Like we were saying before we started recording, going back to discipline, going back to doing the work that nobody wants to do, the, the, you know, the paying attention to those details and just holding accountable regularly to say, yeah, we're on track, we're going to do it. Because then um, it's amazing what you can make happen. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. If you're, <clears throat> if you're not measuring along the way, um, but the, the other part is having everybody on board that that's what we're going to do. So it's not- And why. And why. Yeah, yeah. and why. What, it's what not does just it mean? the hammer, you know, this is what we're doing, but here's what we're doing and why, and here's how it's going to impact you and the job. And that's when people get on board. That's when they, right. when they get it, when they understand, all right, we all have a mission. We all have a, it's a strategic place we're going and we're going to go together. Mm-hmm. If it's just handed down from above, invariably it doesn't work because you get people that misinterpret it yeah. and they don't understand it and they're not bought in and they think it's a dumb plan because they didn't understand, you know, factors that went into it. And that's where it just, things go awry. Yeah. And, and, and the buying in is the important part where it's not, it's not that we're shoving down everyone's face. This is what's happening. It's more, Hey, this is the vision. This is why we're, this is the vision mm-hmm. and let's see how we can get there. And everybody takes peace, uh, you know, takes a part of that. They, they'll put in their input as, well, I think we should you know, do this. And if we do this, this could give this result. And so there's no, when we have our meetings, there's no dumb comments. There's no, uh, nothing that we say, hey, that's a horrible idea. We'll, we'll try different things and we may fail. You know, we may try, we've tried lots of things. We said, geez, that's a great idea. We try. Failure is a reoccurring theme. You yeah. just have to go ahead and learn how to embrace instead yeah. of run away from. Because the only way that I've ever moved forward is by failing at something and then figuring out why and moving forward. And sometimes that's fail the forward. Best that's what I teach my kids. Fail forward. I like that. Go ahead. Screw up anything. Yeah. Just learn from it and do it different the next time. And and those are better lessons than if you're doing everything right and everything's moving. You can't do everything right. That's a fallacy. That's yeah. just that's not true. That and the, but like in in American culture, you want to do everything right because there's almost like everyone says, yeah, of course you got to fail and failure is okay, but nobody. Nobody believes it for the most part. It's, it's a punished thing in our society where, ha-ha, loser, you failed, you right. screwed up. And now it's, it's worse than ever with public media and shaming people and ruining their careers. And, uh, you know, just everything is a, it's like binary. Yes, no, you're over, canceled. Yeah. It's over. You have to screw up in, yep. in any walk of your life, whether you're learning how to get fit, learning how to eat right, learning how to be a good husband or wife, learning how to, whatever it is, you're going to screw up. But are, are you going to keep screwing up or are you going to learn from the screw-ups and then move forward? Oh, you have to fail to move forward. And I've been saying it since I was a kid, but I didn't embrace it till I was a grown-up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of like when you're in high school and you're like, I don't care what people think of me. All you care about is what people think of you, right? <laughs> and it takes a long time in life before you actually start to think, well, maybe I don't care that much. But I do still care. Like, there's a degree of caring or I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like, yeah. th- there's a lot of lies that we tell ourselves that you have to just get over as, you, right. as you mature. That's right. And, and I think, I think if you're, you can embrace that as a team and learn that, Hey, look, we're going to have obstacles. We're going to hit, you know, we're going to have customers that may, maybe the customer's having a bad day and they're upset about something. And our our biggest goal is to have a customer call us and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, great job last night. This looks great. Um, Or, you know, last night we started a big account. We were cleaning Bancroft school, We've been cleaning one half of it for a number of years, for about 10 years. And just recently we got awarded the other half. Oh, cool. And um, so 
there's a substantial amount of new work. And so we had a team of supervisors there last night. And, excuse me, our operations manager went first thing this morning and walked through, and there was an area, a, a trash can that was supposed to be put in another place to be emptied and that we missed. So, um, you know, we know it's a mistake. We, we, we recognize that, hey, in order to... In order to move forward tonight, you know, that's the first thing we're going to do is, you know, teach the cleaners, hey, look, at the end of the you know, beginning of the night, this trash can has to be moved to this location. And so the next morning uh, when they walk in, they say, oh, let me see the trash can. That, oh, good. Today they, they got the trash. So sometimes it's little victories that mm-hmm. get you, you know, along the we, way. And you have to foster an environment where it is okay to fail, but not not to continue to fail. Right. You know, it, it has to be, and that's a, that's your job that you set that tone mm-hmm. as, as the person who owns the company, as the leader, leadership sets that tone. And if you're not, if you're just handing things down from the mountain on high, then, and you're, you know, that you, they're not going to respect it. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be what the man says. And yep. if you can get rid of that and start to be one of the people that work here, you know, you might be the owner, but you work here too. And yeah. then you can change a lot of things. I, so there's cutting edge technology. There's this app. There's this system. There's all these clients that we can see from out the window here. <laughs> I want to go back sure. to, to the 19 years ago yeah. when the younger Steve is <laughs> starting the company, or even I want to go back to before you start the company. Sure. How does enterprise come to be? You know, sure. where are you before that? What are you doing? And how does this start to? How do the ingredients start to come together that you go out on your own? I get asked that a lot because uh, they say, Steve, why cleaning? You know why? So um, I'll even go back to childhood. I was 13 years old, eager to work, eager to make money. And there were two places that uh, would hire a 13-year-old. One of them was White Cliffs Restaurant to work in the dish room. And the other was a company called The Clean Machine, where you could work with a parent signature and clean office buildings. There was one more place in Northboro because I worked there and it was the chicken farm on 135. Ah, I remember the chicken farm. That's <laughs> I pulled so weeds there when oh. I was a kid. Ride my bike there, pull weeds until the end of the day and I'd get a handful of change. Oh, ah, a lot of people don't remember that chicken farm. <laughs> well, I, uh, I worked at White Cliffs for my 335 an hour. That tells you how old I am. Um, and I worked at uh, this cleaning company making $3.50 an hour, and mm-hmm. I was cleaning digital, data general, um, Wang, all these different office buildings, and I said, I can't wait until I graduate college so I can never clean again. <laughs> I just, I had done enough cleaning through junior high school, high school, college, yeah. and lo and behold, I get out of college. My first job is working for... Uh, a cleaning company, the same cleaning company I cleaned for. Uh, and did that come to be because you had the experience and you knew how to talk to the talk, so you ended up with the job? I, I, or did you pursue that job? What's ironic is I graduated from Nichols College with a major in marketing, a minor in management. I interviewed with about 50 companies. I had 49 job offers. I turned all but one down, and this job offer was, I'll never forget, a company called Tile International. At the time, for sales job, the going rate was eighteen to twenty five thousand a year. Uh, this job would pay twenty six thousand company car reimbursement, commission, insurance, working downtown Boston. I said, "Wow, I hit the lottery!" And I remember it being a six stage interview process. The last day we're interviewing, I get ready in my college dorm and I'm putting on my suit, and I look in my. They said we've narrowed it down to two people. 
So I look over and my roommate's putting on a suit. And I said, oh, you got an interview today? He said, yeah, I'm one of two people. And I said, well, guess what? I'm the other, <laughs> I'm the other no person. No kidding. And I ended up getting the job, which ended up becoming a small a world. Cur- yeah, such a small world. I got the job, which ended up becoming a curse because um, I was to start the job four weeks after graduation. So it was perfect. I had time to spend with my friends. We went down to the Cape. I bought myself a brand new car because the car reimbursement. So I had this beautiful new car with my acceptance letter because I didn't have an income coming in. Mm -hmm. And the day before I was supposed to go in on a Monday, I called on Friday. I said, geez, I haven't heard anything from anyone. Just want to make sure Monday at eight o'clock. Oh, Steve, no one's gotten in touch with you. I said, no. They said, I'm so sorry. We've had to lay off 14 people in your number 15. Um, no way. Before you even start, before I even started, I said, well, that is a, wow. So I, not very well managed. Oh, I, I, I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I bought this car based on this letter. I said, nobody got in touch. They said, I'm so sorry. Goodbye. And all of a sudden, boom, I have no job. I have a car payment. I have turned down all these other offers Wow. and I'm sitting there saying, what am I going to do? Um, I took a short job after that working at CVS as an assistant manager trainee. And I'll never forget, I, um, I took the job because it was one of the few that I hadn't turned down. All the others I had turned down and I really wasn't looking uh, to, my strength wasn't managing a CVS. And I ended up getting fired from that job. The only job I've ever gotten fired from. Um, the, the manager went on vacation for a couple weeks and they had somebody else managing me mm-hmm. and he came back and he said, geez, I've heard you're you know friendly with the employees. And I said, yeah, I want to create a fun atmosphere here. Well, that's not the way we work here. You're the boss. You know, you tell, I said, no, I know, but I work with them getting things done. Lo and behold, two weeks later I was fired and totally lost. And I said to myself, Interesting. I yeah, that's a lot of beatings in a row, huh? It, you know, within a month's period of time, I went from, you know, the top of the world, guy <laughs> of the world, working in downtown Boston to being laid off before I started, being fired from my next job. So I called the that cl- car is still in the parking lot too, oh, right? It was well, I put it up for sale for below the price just to get rid of it, and I ended up having to take a loan to pay off the car to you know, to sell it for the Delta between mm-hmm. what I owed and what, so I was lucky. My father had given me a loan and I, I, I sold it and I bought a $500. Actually it was for sale for $500. It was a Chevy Chevette. Um, I got it for $400 It had rust on the side. Starting it, to learn negotiations. Yeah. <laughs> early age. <laughs> yep. Um, but I, I, I did, I'll never forget. I did the body work myself. I went down to a place called Spags as you probably I remember. Sure do, yep. I got my Bondo, my spray paint and I Bondoed the side, went down to Lizer sound, got myself some big speakers in the back and, and a new stereo. So for, for that $100 difference, I was able to get out all the, the dents mm-hmm. and put a new stereo system with two $29 speakers and a stereo in the front. And um, so I, I went to work for uh, the cleaning company that I had done the cleaning for all those years. It was called uh, National Cleaning at the time. It was the clean machine. And then they had changed names to become National Cleaning. And so all of a sudden, my pipe dream of making 40000 with commission or 50000 with commission mm-hmm. Uh, was out the window and I took a job making 18,000 with no commission. I worked for a year and my second year I was given 18,000 with one week vacation. And I, um, 
I was very green and and really wasn't sure how to sell. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the whole aspect of of everything. Um, but I I started looking for another job and I went to work for a company in Boston called Textral. Textral specialized in carpet and upholstery maintenance of high end carpeting for ropes and gray, hail and door, Nutter McClendon Fish, all these high end law firms mm-hmm. and accounting firms. And the I became the Boston branch manager in a short period of time and really learned like high level selling. I mean, I, I the company was based out of Baltimore and the first year I had a lot of operational issues and I had to terminate my operations manager, terminate the assistant, which made me the operations right. manager and the assistant manager. And I was trying to sell at the same time. So after the first year I got called back to Baltimore and they said, Steve, out of the five cities, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, um, Massachusetts, and Washington, you have the lowest sales. Um, tell me why I shouldn't fire you. And so I said, listen, we've had some struggles with operations. I finally have a good team. Give me six months. Six months, I guarantee you, I will have, you know, we'll be having a different conversation. He said, well, Steve, I'm going to give you three months. And if I don't see a direct improvement, I'm sorry, we're going to part ways. Well, year two, I had the highest sales of any city. My my operation was running smooth, and they asked me to become a manager. They were opening up in Toronto and uh, Pittsburgh. So they asked me to oversee those cities. Um, and the old company I worked for called and said, hey, look, we really could use a salesperson. And that was becoming, the owner of that company was about to become my father-in-law, um, my, my girlfriend of, that's how I still had your number. Uh, yes. He still had my number. <laughs> my girlfriend from junior high school, um, I got engaged to. And, um, so I, I talked with him. I took a salary cut from what I was making and I came on board. The company was 750,000 in sales. And I said, listen, I can, I know I can grow this company, but I want to be rewarded financially as I grow it. And I, I will commit to you that I can bring in a million in sales in the next year. I literally knew I could do it, but I, I, and I had a plan to do it, but I was scared because that's a big commitment to make. Yeah. Um, so we, especially came, to someone who matters in your life. It's, yes. it's not just a boss. It's not just a boss. It was, it was my soon to be father-in-law. So I took out the Worcester business journal and I grabbed the book of lists and I was just telling someone the story the other day. I, I went through the book of list and I said, okay, uh, president of Duracraft. And I got the president's name and I ended up, um, I ended up uh, writing, no, I, I, I'm sorry, I made a phone call to the president of Duracraft. I had probably a hundred names and I put on the board $1 million. And anytime I got an appointment with anyone, I put that name and what the potential amount would be and deducted that from a million dollars. And then I put it in another column as I got it. So I would call these companies and, and I kind of prematurely jumped ahead. I called other companies. I would always get, Oh, the president can't speak to you. Oh, he's busy. So I called Eurocraft and I asked for the president and all of a sudden he answers the phone and I paused Mm -hmm. and I froze and I said, um, hi, uh, uh, I'm Steve from national cleaning. Yes, Steve, what can I do for you? Um, truthfully, I didn't expect to get you on the phone. <laughs> You're making me kind of nervous. <laughs> I really don't know what to say at this point, but I, I said, I'm, I'm calling to introduce our cleaning service to you. And I know there's someone else besides you in the organization that was responsible for cleaning. 
I think we could probably save you money and, and increase the, the level of service that you have. And he said, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. I said, well, right now I'm very nervous because I, again, didn't expect to get you. And we opened up this dialogue. Well, he uh, said, Larry is the person to speak to. I forget Larry's last name. He said, why don't you give him a call? I said, could you do me a favor and could you call Larry and tell Larry I'll be giving him a call tomorrow. But if you make that introduction, it would probably help greatly. Sure, I'd be happy to do that, Steve. And you know, feel free to follow up with me to let, let me know how you make out. So I call Larry the next day. Larry takes my phone call. I set up an appointment with Larry. He takes the meeting. I go, I meet with Larry. I says, wow, this is amazing. Larry's so responsive. I submit a bid to Larry. Larry says, yeah, you know, we're going to move forward with your company. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't believe I did this. This is great. I had learned this technique at Textrol, but it was kind of doing it on my own. Yeah. So, and, uh, and without the, anything behind you, because you don't have that name or anything. Right. I had that goal. That was the only thing that was that goal of hitting a million. Um, so three months later, I'm having lunch with Larry and he said, hey, Steve, I never even asked you. How do you and the president of the company know each other? I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, he called me and he said, I'd like you to take this phone call from Steve, you know, from National Cleaning. I said, well, I've never met the president. I said, I called him that day before and I <laughs> opened up a car. He said, you got to be kidding me. He said, I called you in this meeting thinking you knew the president. That's what I thought you were his nephew. <laughs> I said, well, that, I guess that technique works. And by then we'd become friendly. And, and so I used that technique um, to get uh, account after account. And at the end of the first year, I had just over 1.2 million in sales. So I beat my, my goal. Um, and I worked for this company for, for years. Um, and then I went through a divorce and I sat down with the owner and I said, listen, um, you know, things in the office are getting a little strange. Mm -hmm. um, I want to always be friends with you. I'm going to start my own cleaning company and I'm not going to touch any of your business. I'm going to go after new business. And he said, well, there's plenty of room for other cleaning companies out there. And I said, I, as a matter of fact, anyone I've, I've talked to in the past, any of our customers, I'm not going to you know, go after. If they come to me, I'm going to say, sorry, you know, I, I'm, I'm not interested. Well, uh, month one goes by and I, we had, um, sold our house and I had very little money to start this business. And mm -hmm. I had to buy, I had a company car. So I had to buy a new car. I had to find a place to live. I had, um, to start the business. I wanted it to seem like a big company. So I went to this place called more than an office. So I had someone to answer the phones and I had a little office where mm -hmm. they do secretarial work, um, in Boxborough, Mass. And I went out plugging away, calling on different companies, handing out my card. And finally, uh, month two, I got asked to bid a building, a building in Boxborough. I went out, I bid this building and had good dialogue with the person. And I submit the proposal and he said, Steve, he said, I see everything here except your references. Where's your reference page? I said, well, I don't have any, but you could be my first reference. He said, what, what do you mean you don't have any? I said, well, I'm, I'm a new company. I'm just starting the company. He said, Steve, I'm sorry. I can't entertain a new company. I thought you already had a business established. I said, well, I do have a business established. I just don't have any customers, but you could be my first one. I'll and, make it worth your while. And he politely thanked me as he walked me to the door and said, come reach out to me in a year or two once mm -hmm. you establish your business. So call after call, I went through the same thing. I submitted six bids and I had six no's. And now it's May. And one of the buildings that I was soliciting in February was the building next door at 340 Main Street in Worcester. And I was told they had just made a change with the cleaners and they're perfectly happy. 
And I said, um, I noticed when I went in the building that there were some things I thought we could make improvements. And I said, did you realize that, you know, the front lobby, there's dust about a half an inch thick right as you walk in that door all along the ledge. Uh, if you're paying for cleaning, you're not getting the cleaning that you're paying for. And they said, well, you know, that's fine. We're in a year contract. Well, I went back the next day and I'd always come from Concord and I'd say, just happen to be in the neighborhood. And I'd, I'd walk through and all of a sudden I became friendly with the secretary, the gatekeeper. And shortly after that, um, I became, I got introduced to the decision maker who said, we're all set. Thanks very much. But I just kept going and going and going because I knew if I could get this account, it was four buildings at the time, 340 Main Street, 335 Main Street, 365 Main Street, and 390 Boom, Main Street. you're in business. I'm in business. Yeah. And at the time, I was writing cash advance checks to stay afloat because I was paying my uh, former wife a, a child support payment, and I had no money coming in, and I was a desperate. And, um, and finally... Uh, I was told no about a dozen times. We're perfectly happy. No, come back in a year. And then I went up to see the receptionist and she said, oh, they're probably going to want to talk to you. The cleaners were cutting hair in the the uh, hair cuttery downstairs and they're not very happy with them. So I said, oh, good, this is my opportunity. Today's my day. Today's my day. And I go in and they say, I said, oh, I understand you had a problem. Yeah, we did, but you know, we're still keeping the cleaning company. And I said, oh, well then... Another incident happened, another incident happened, another incident happened. And all of a sudden I get a phone call and the owner said, look, Steve, um, I'd like you to start tonight with the cleaning. And I said, I know I told you I could ramp up in a short period of time, but that's a little short. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need, this was on a Wednesday. I said, is there any chance you could get me to the weekend? And I, and he said, sure. So, um, I ended up, um, I, put together a crew. I reached out to everybody that I knew, friends of friends. We didn't have Facebook so back then. right before this time, did you have uh, like feelers out for a crew so that when you landed the account, you knew where you were going to start? Were you, were you going to deal with the cross that bridge when you came to, you know, where were you in, in having the execution ready? I had, um, I had put out ads. Um, I think it was the want ad back then. I remember uh, the one. <laughs> I had put out ads that I was looking for cleaning managers. And so I had people that had applied. And unfortunately, a lot of those people weren't available because mm -hmm. this is months. So were you I, just using that as a, like a, a, a window to see that there would be people available and you'd know who to call? Yes. Yeah. I was using that. Temperature check. Yeah. Temperature check. And, and I, I constantly was battling between trying to get new accounts and trying to hire people for accounts that I didn't have. To grind. And it, it, it was, you know, people would say, oh, well, yeah, um, when could I start? Well, as soon as I get my first, well, when is that going to be? So oh. I, uh, I, I reached back out and luckily there was a manager who was available and he said, um, you know, I take, I had taken another job since we spoke, but it didn't work out and I'd be happy to come on board. And I said, okay, uh, here it is on Wednesday. We need to hire 35 people by Saturday. And it's 35 people. And I said, uh, we need to make it happen. And it's going to be fun. Let's go. Fun. <laughs> so I actually called competitors too that I was friends with. And I said, look, um, do you have anyone working for you that's looking for extra? Well, I lost this one account. I have three guys. Great. Uh, you know, so that Saturday, sure enough, we had 
35 people. Wow. And uh, we worked Saturday. We worked Sunday. So I imagine you were there the whole time, I was like holding hands and trying to figure everything out. 4.30 in the morning, I left on Saturday, came back in on Sunday, left Sunday around 6 in the morning, went home, slept for two hours, came back at 8 o'clock, and um, Enterprise was born. And, and the building went, was clean. And the building was clean. And, and by the end of the first week, the management office was getting comments from the tenants in the building saying, geez, I've been in this building 25 years. It's never looked so clean. What are you doing differently? And um, I said, oh, thank goodness we finally have a reference. And this building, by the way, it was a multi-tenant multi building. We got handed a ring of keys when we first started with like 72 different keys for different offices, alarm codes for like 25 of the offices. I myself set off like two alarms that <laughs> night. It was, it was not easy. Um, but I, I always felt I started the company the right way. It would have, and, and in the interim, I had so many companies that I did business with that called me, um, you know, saying, Hey, Steve, you got your first account, you know, I'll be your first. And I said, I can't do that. I, you know, that's not the right way to do things. And it was hard to do, especially when I ran out of money and I was writing for sure. cash events, check events. And I had to actually negotiate with the, the supplier wanted to get paid after delivering the chemicals, the vacuums, the equipment. And I said, I can't pay you now. You got to give me 90 days. And they said, 90 days based on what? And I had to give a credit card for them to have on file for me to have 90 day terms because the company didn't have any credit. So it was, um, it was a vision that I, truth be told, I was, I, in my mind, I said, I know I can do this, but yet I felt like giving up because I just, I, it took me till May to get this account. And well, sales is tough anyway, because you take a beating for 85% of your effort. But when you're selling something that doesn't yet exist, it's, it's, I've been there. It's extra hard because <laughs> they're like, yeah, what have you done? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and why should I use you? Right. Uh, right. Because I'm, I'm nice. it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> you have seen nothing yet. When do you <laughs> see me? That's right. So, um, so, uh, that became my first account. I said, okay. The best way is get a satisfied customer and then go back to them and ask who else to speak to. So one by one, and by the way, we still clean 340 Main. They've sold off uh, some of the buildings, uh, but we still clean for that that company. And that was my, my first company. Um, and then we went through a period of growing and growing. And I've always tried to find ways to, to you know, to add to the business, but yet keep it similar type services. So we um, were bidding on an apartment complex and um, they said, well, you know, uh, I'm going to try you out for the cleaning, but I have to line something up with my, uh, I have to get back to you on the timing because I have someone that shampoos my carpets. I got to line it up with them and I have a painter. I have to line it up with mm -hmm. them. And I said, well, what if we were to do all three services? So you just make a phone call. Do you do painting and shampooing? I said, no, but we will, we'll try it. And they said, well, I don't want to be a guinea pig. I said, tell you what, let me get back to you within 48 hours and, and I want to be able to do this right. But I guarantee if I commit to doing it, it's going to be right. So I ended up bringing in a shampoo machine and, and I went out and I subcontracted out to a, a painter mm -hmm. and they gave us our first apartment. And I, I told them I do it for free. We do everything for free. Just if it doesn't work out, then you can hire your own people, but you have nothing to lose. So we did it. And I remember I've always tried to pick up on little details and because I don't have a memory, I say I write everything down. So I remember the person saying constantly have an issue with the, the washing machine and dryer. 
the current cleaning company that we use, they don't clean in between the, the rubber between the washing machine and where it hits and there's mold there and there's this there. So I remembered Q-tips, make sure the cleaners are cleaning in between with Q-tips. So first place we do, we do the painting, we do the shampooing. Um, she walks in, the first thing she does is look in that machine and she sees it's clean and she said, you listen. I have a company that listens. So all of a sudden, she gave us two units, then three units. Then the next month, we had like 12 units for turns. We got the common area clean. Nice. Um, and so we tried to find ways to answer many problems that potential customers had. And, and it sounds like a lot of the ways were effort, like doing something extra, doing doing the hard work. Just do it. Do it and and. And do getting out of the comfort zone a little bit, you know, um, that it, w- it would have been easier just to do the cleaning. And but as a result of doing this, the same painter that we subbed out to 19 years ago, he's still with us. We're still subbing out to him. Uh, carpet cleaning, actually, we've put a tremendous investment into carpet cleaning, and we've invested in a, a steam unit for a truck, and also portable steam units. So not only do we do uh, steam cleaning uh, from a truck mount system. We have portable units we can bring into buildings. We've actually increased um, bathrooms we used to go into and we'd clean grout literally with a toothbrush. We'd go through and we'd scrub the grout with a cleaner just to try to get it clean. Mm-hmm. And now we have a system where we bring in a steam unit that sits. It's a circular unit. Um, we pre-treat all the floors uh, with an acid or a non-acid chemical, depending upon what the stains are. And we steam the entire floor. And Which makes it just new again. Oh, it, it's amazing. Aside from where the tile is cracked or discolored from staining, it, it changes before your eyes. So More than you would think, you know. I have a friend who owns a, a pressure cleaning business down in Florida. I should probably introduce you guys when you're down there because he knows, like, the whole area for as far as corporate clients. And if you're going to start that that Florida branch, I'll, I'll connect you guys. That'd be but great. But he... Um, he, he does commercially, you know, he cleans entire strip malls and stuff. He does a lot of commercial as well as residential. And what happens with a pressure cleaner, like a real, like he's got a truck and a rig and all that stuff. And it's a new building. It's, it's bananas. What, what, the, what a difference makes, especially down there. Everything's wet and moldy, moldy and, and yeah. green. And, and, and you're absolutely right. That, that, um, that you know, even some of the buildings around here I've seen where the pressure, uh, like Andrew, Andrew, Andy Maestro has a, a pressure business in this area. And I've seen some of the work that he's done. And he's, it's funny you mentioned Florida. He's considering going down to Florida. He was down on vacation last year. I happened to bump into him and he said, oh my gosh, everywhere down here needs my service. Not that business is literally home, every building, every building once a year, they need to be power washed mm-hmm. from the roof to the patio. I mean the, the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, and actually homes once a year, often we'll have people come through and pressure wash the side of the building and pressure wash the patios. So there's an unlimited market down there. Um, so, um, you know, we, we, so we've started expanding rapidly. We're, we're now do roughly about three and a half million in sales, but we'll be by the end of this year, right around 5 million in sales. And, and we, we have the right formula. Things are, are happening. I always say it's by luck, uh, but a lot of it's just trying to keep positive. And, and we've been fortunate enough to partner up with some great companies like Cogmetics, uh, who makes medical devices. Um, you know, we, we try to, uh, the one thing that they said is they were using a national company out of Rhode Island. And they said, you know, the fact that we can call you and you're here within a half an hour, you have somebody here, 
you know, that's unheard of. Hanover uh, was using a national company um, and they would send somebody out of Boston if they had an issue. And that person oftentimes couldn't be there for days. And they said, you know, they were very concerned because of the companies they looked at, we were by far the smallest. Yeah. And they said, how, at the time we were, we were about, we're under a $2 million company. And they said, how could a company under $2 million service this account when this is about a million dollar account? How could that happen? And I said, well, look at that as a positive, not that we're going to ignore our other clients and we don't, uh, but you're going to be right down the street and you're going to be that much more important to us. And we were, we're going to work hard to make sure it works. So fast forward now five months and we've customized that app we were talking about earlier directly to fit Hanover. So it's a footprint of their building. They can use it. They can go online on their phone and make comments on different areas. We respond on the app. We do inspections on the app. They have a person that does inspections on their on our app. So what would normally be a mystery service essentially is now transparent and they can well, if they want, they can watch it unfold. Abs- They'll get the building clean and ready. Absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. So it's, it, and, and now we're realizing that this is working. This is really the first account that we've kind of given and customized the app to. Um, the, you know, up until then, we've been using the app strictly ourselves on our phone with our employees. But now sharing a portal for the clients on big clients, it is such a powerful tool. So that's what I mean by the app is evolving and we're evolving. And sounds like the app is helping to evolve the company, even though the company invented the app. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. It's kind of like we're, we're coming full circle. And um, so I'm, I'm really excited about the future of enterprise. I, um, I, I, have seen tremendous progress. If you were to take a snapshot of where we were January of 2019 versus January of now, um, such a tremendous, not only have we had company growth, but we've had uh, management structure growth and we've had a better system now for managing our employees. I'll be the first to admit we're not perfect. We still have a long way to go. But every month we're making improvements and I don't think we'll ever get to perfection but I you can't. Think we strive for that, right? Um, you can't think. You can't be going to expecting to be perfect and then done one day. Yeah, it's, you know, and that goes with anything in the business. It always goes back, like with the app. It's never done, right? Like, and with my business, every every year it's a different business because we primarily operate in the digital marketing space. It's, it's not the same thing as it was twenty years ago. You know, it's not the. It's a different definition. Never mind different services and things that we're doing. But I think you learn early on if when you start a business. If you go into it thinking, all right, I, I wrote my business plan, now I opened a business, and now here it is. Mm-hmm. One of your first lessons is, all right, that was the beginning, and now everything changes. That's and then right. everything constantly changes, and nothing's ever the same, and there's always new challenges. And with every one that you solve, something else comes up. And that's what we embrace. We embrace, we meet every the chase, week. You know. and, and, and we say, okay, this is what we thought with the app. We added this. How is that working? Oh, this is working great, but this... Not so great. To your point, we thought the answer to the banks was putting in the system where we have the employees punch in and punch out. Well, we didn't realize that if we're not constantly looking at that, there's no alarm telling us, wait a minute, the person punched in and punched out. They did that okay, but they're only in there for five minutes. So um, then we, we're changing that. And, and um, you know, we, we, we invested in the steam truck and it was great. We said, oh, great. Now we have the answer. We'll be able to steam. 
all of a sudden you come to a building like this and there's 11 stories and the steam truck only reaches to five. Right, so right. So wow, wait a minute, we never thought of that. Can we get that truck in the elevator? How, <laughs> how are we going to lift this thing up? Can you give me a hand? So we said, wait a minute, we'll, we'll do some research and find the best possible portable unit. Um, so we, we've invested a lot into equipment, a lot into chemicals. So as we've The part grown, that people don't think about. Yeah. Right? I mean, I wouldn't think about that by default. I wouldn't be asking if I was interviewing cleaning companies about, um, about equipment. I'd just be asking about the job and getting it done. You don't think about what they have to go through to get it done. Well, um, the investment that we've done in the past year has been greater than any time in the history of enterprise. Hanover, for example, we have drive-on vacuum cleaners, drive-on floor burners. Because of the floors, the square footage, the right? Square it's it's footage. worth it to have, yeah. It's, Plus, it's got to be kind of fun. Have you it, driven one? I, I did. Yeah, Truth I, be told, I couldn't wait to get it in. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll take this from the loading dock to the room, and I'm driving down the hall. <laughs> I'm driving, no doubt. Oh, I, uh, and, and, and plus it makes it more fun for the cleaners. You know, I mean, there literally are hallways at Hanover that are as long as a football field and their tile floor. And it virtually would be impossible to mop it every night. So we have a, a drive on scrubber that literally has a, it's like a Zamboni, right? It's like a Zamboni. And uh, we also have a ride on carpet machine to cover large pieces of carpet. So um, with, with that technology, does it cost money? Absolutely. We, we bought all factory refurbished, rebuilt uh, pieces with brand new batteries, brand new squeegees. Um, but it still was $85,000 for that ride-on equipment. Do you have to take it with you or do you have dedicated space in the building where you can store your stuff? Fortunately, we have dedicated space that's in the awesome. building. Yeah, that, that that's awesome. It's good for the relationship too. It where it's is. kind of symbiotic and now you've moved in. So it's kind of, as long as you're doing your job, it's easy to keep easier to keep your job. It is. That's good. And, 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 because Hanover is so big, we have different closets in different buildings. There's a total of four on their campus, and so we have they have plenty of storage in other areas. We've we've Hanover has a very big green initiative, so we've brought in green chemicals, and are we strive for using all green chemicals. There are slight which you can use as a tool for selling the company to hire new people too, where you're you know progressive and it's safer, and that that's pretty cool. Yeah. Even if it wasn't. By an original design, yeah. you adapt to it and you make a positive. That's pretty, it's a good thing, right? Yeah. And, and we, for the last 10 years, we've always tried to use as many green chemicals as we can. Um, there are some areas where the green chemical world hasn't, hasn't gotten to the point where the chemicals are as effective. Example, right. stripping. Right. Things still have to get clean. St things still have to get clean. And, for sure. And when you're stripping floor finish, a green chemical isn't going to work as good as a non-green chemical. So we limit the amount of uh, time mm -hmm. that we'll bring in that stripper just when we're stripping floors, but we'll use a green finish. We'll use green detergents. We'll use green bathroom cleaners, green Windex. Um, so, you know, it's, it's at a point where literally cleaners, our cleaners do wear gloves, but they don't have to wear gloves because they're not going to, you know, the, the chemicals aren't right. as detrimental. It's not caustic or anything. Yeah. I have a question for you. We're at almost an hour and a half. Wow. And I know, fun, I right? It, fun. Goes, it, does, it flies <laughs> by. I still have questions and things sure. that I want to know, but I also want to respect your time because I know sure. that we're up against the, the, where, the limit I had originally talked. Do you um, have time to keep going? Do you have flexibility or do you want to do like a, a phase two and I can come back another time and we can do another episode? I tell you what, would it be possible to do a phase two? Because I just... Look down. I actually have a meeting twenty minutes ago that I didn't. Oh, geez, time, sorry. Time kind of. I get carried away with it. It's it, fun, it, and I hundred percent. I respect that. So I want to start next time on the downturn. Yeah, and I think that go through yeah. the the journey of you know having your first 
oh shit, this isn't all going to be perfect and keep growing and then going back. So um, let's do that next that, time. That's an interesting story. That, uh, that uh, just to put a little tease, um, we had reached a point where we had lost so much business in such a short period of time. A lot of people came to us and said, you're never going to survive. You're, you're, there's no way out of this. And uh, I'll tell the story of, of just what we did to put ourselves back together uh, next time. Awesome. Hmm. And on that note, here we go.